This NBA season, at least in this city, has been a big pile of crap. The Knicks aren't even involved in the postseason. No chance. And they still had 10 spots to get into that. But the most shocking thing of all, the Brooklyn Nets fall. The eighth seed, ladies and gentlemen, Kyrie Durant and all. This is downtown sports. I am the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, along with my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan Perriente. This is downtown sports. This is where sports come home. It is now the year 2022. And it seems that this city's 13-year drought of championships. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, soccer won. Oh, yeah. I'm New York City FC. Yeah, we got to give him proper respect. Shouts to y'all. But um, the four major big leagues, we haven't won a championship since the, oh, since the giant Super Bowl. 2011. Yep. So we are now on 11 years, and no championships, and we thought, we thought we had not just one, but two decent shots at a title. I mean, one was very big shot. The other one was semi not realistic, and this is going to be a quick two hitter. We're going to be in and out this week. We got about 40 minutes because, you know, our sponsors over at Digital Market Battles have told us. We need to do 40 minutes, and they want to hear 40 minutes. So that's what they're getting, exactly what they asked for, 40 minutes. And it starts right now. John? Yep. Remember at the beginning of the season? Oh, yes, with the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Forget the Nets. Forget the Nets. I'm not even talking about that. Oh, yeah, the Knicks. Oh, yeah, well. Remember that? Remember when everybody thought that they were going to be a a good team Mm -hmm. and and everybody was praising Leon Rose and uh, World Wide West or whatever the hell his name is? I remember when the next season, how it began. They they won that epic overtime to start the year against Boston. You remember that? I think it was triple overtime. Knicks won that game by four and then the Knicks won the next game and then they started to get on the roll. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Sixers. They beat the Pelicans. It looked they like beat the Bucks early on, and they were like what seven and three, about ten games in, and, and I that was after think, they benched Kemba Walker. Yeah, and I was beginning to think, okay, maybe the, the Knicks have something going. And then but Derek things, Rose gets hurt. But then things took a turn. Yeah, Derek Rose went turn. down. Derek Rose goes down. So does the rest of the damn it, season. It sucked the entire life out of this basketball team, and. Part of me would have thought, as soon as Derrick Rose went down, Leon Rose was going to go out there and get the Knicks uh, a piece they really needed, a oh, consistent point guard. Really? They haven't gotten a consistent point guard on this team since Stephon Marbury. The Knicks had Jason so Kidd many chances wasn't even to draft consistent. One. Jason Kidd wasn't even consistent when he was here. The Knicks had a chance to draft a couple of gems out of that point guard class. Mm-hmm. One name I could definitely bring up, and this was one I can't believe they, they missed out on, the one where they took Obi Toppin over a kid named Tyrese Halliburton. Does that name ring yeah. a bell? Uh, yeah. He would have solved 90% of your problems on offense right there. I don't think so. Uh, it, would have, it would have solved a lot of problems because right now, who's the point guard in this Nick team right now since uh, we have no Derrick Rose? Oh, yeah. We're giving the ball to Julius Randle. 
You're yeah. asking your big six foot nine man to be uh, basically a point guard and be a good ball handler. They're asking what him to be everything. Over. You're asking him to be everything, and that's not fair. Like even when Julius Randle won that Most Improved Player award. You know what he had next to him? Um, I don't know. What's that word? Um, help. Yes. He yes, had help. And then, and then he had Rose. He had Reggie Bullock. He had, you know, maybe they weren't superstars, but, you know, it could depend on them to pass them the ball, let them take a shot or two. Yeah. Then they get Kemba Walker and Fournier. And those, Leon Rose has proven that, he does not know what the hell he's doing. Mm. He doesn't know what he's doing at all in terms of uh, contract negotiation, anything. He barely Remember even talks to the, the media. He doesn't even talk to the media about these problems at all. Oh, please, none of them do. None oh, of them do. Especially Leon Rose. Uh, what do you mean, especially Leon Rose? He's I had one Thomas media appearance since he's been here. One. Ever since Scott Layton was the general manager of the New York Knicks, they never spoke to the media, meaning in about 22 years, this team has not spoken to the freaking media. Dolan has banned it pretty much. His front office does not talk to the media at all. Nobody's I have a question. When um, I have a question. Just, just, just answer me this one. Um. How many times did Phil Jackson actually speak to the media when he was in charge of the Knicks? About five Hardly times. Hardly ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, the general manager of the Knicks, Scott Perry, by the way. Uh, still Scott Perry at the moment. How well, about Leon Rose is the team president. Worldwide West is somebody in that front office. And Scott Perry's there, too. So the yep. three-headed monster that now runs this office, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But, but. But this is but this is so typical of the Knicks, right? They, they they tease you with one good year, and then it's back to the crap. Yeah, and you know what's even sadder about all of this? And it's only and he's only two years into this time with the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau is possibly going to get fired. Possibly he's gone, and it's really a shame. It really he's would gone. Be quite he a drove shame. Julius Randle into the ground this year. He drove he oh, uh, Julius Randle into. He didn't just drive Julius Randle into the ground. He drove R.J. Barrett into the ground. Oh no, he R.J. Drove... Barrett needs to be driven into the ground. He's a young kid. He's got to get his legs under him. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do with okay. a young guy like him. That's the key right there. He's a young kid. Why was Tom Thibodeau not playing the rest of the young kids? Why was Obi Toppin not playing regular minutes? Why is Miles McBride not playing regular minutes? Hmm? I have a question. Is, you uh, saw them. When you've seen them playing creased minutes, uh, you know what I saw from those two guys? Diminished return. Well, again, Miles McBride's a kid, first year player. You have to see what you have in him. You have to, you're you're not going anywhere this year. You might as well see what the kids got. Up until about a week or two ago, this team still could have made the postseason in some way. And right now, the Knicks are five, six games back of at least the 10 spot to be even considered for a play-in game. The head of them are the Atlanta Hawks right now. Yeah, that's uh, uh, they beat the Hawks. Uh, they have the type season tiebreaker. So if they happen to catch them, they'll beat them. Yeah, but uh, if they happen to catch them. Yeah, but but that's but that's not even uh that's not even by the way, all you all you are college basketball fans, uh well, as we recorded this, this game just ended. St. Peter's, the Peacocks have beaten Purdue. The boilermakers. Pretty incredible. Again, 
This, this incredible Cinderella story continues. The first 15 seed to ever get to the Elite Eight. And how many of these kids who probably would not have had professional careers in the NBA are now actually getting looked at? This is great news. Hell, maybe the Knicks could grab somebody from this team. Yeah. They at least know how to win. Do you know that the St. Peter's basketball team, just from this tournament, has raised $71 million from, from playing in this tournament? And it's going to put them on the map. It's going to maybe allow them to recruit the talent that they haven't been able to recruit for years. By the way, Eli Manning is a very solid endorsement for them, being a big fan of St. Peter's. He's been a St. Peter's fan for his entire life. And you know what? To make it even better, this is a local college from good old Jersey City. Isn't that great? This is a local team right across the water from us in New Jersey. And that's why we had to make the mention. Shouts to the St. Peter's Peacocks. And uh, shout out to Shaheen Holloway go. for the work he's done. Shaheen Holloway. Let's go, has Jersey been... City. Let's win the Final Four. Let's get somebody from the tri state area as the Final well, Four champion. Please. Well, Shaheen Let's Hollow- continue. We have to go yes. on into the end. We don't have time for all of no, this now. Not. No, we do not. Let's keep going. We have to go to the Nets. Oh, by mm. the way, by the way, the one good thing about this season for the Knicks before we switch over to uh, Brooklyn. Yes. R.J. Barrett's developing. R.J. Barrett's coming into his own. R.J. Barrett's looking better than Zion Williamson at this point. So that's Maybe. one down, one to go. He can yeah. still become better than John Morant, in my opinion. R.J. Mm. Barrett is starting to look like the player you drafted. Remember, good. good. R.J. Barrett, understand this about him. Out of all the players his age, all throughout high school, when they actually started rating these players, R.J. Barrett was the number one guy. When they went, both went into Duke, yep. R.J. Barrett was considered a bigger star player than Zion Williamson. Zion, of course, broke out, had that great one year. And then goes number one overall. Could you have imagined the, the, the kind of trouble the Knicks would have been in if Zion was the number three pick instead of the number one pick? Blessings come in I, disguises. I'm now, telling they come you, in disguises. Knicks fans who hated that they went third and didn't get Zion, are, you had better be on your knees thanking every deity that have, has ever been written about. Yeah. Well, the Knicks have major work to do this offseason. If they want R.J. Barrett to really take his game even higher to the next level, get a competent number two and number three score and put a point guard on this team that will allow R.J. Barrett to really shine. Well, um, the Nets tried that and it didn't work. Uh, you know, yeah. James Harden, remember that? Oh, yeah. He's gone. Went to Philly. And let's look and at they, Brooklyn. Oh, they've got Ben Simmons. And what's he done since he's become a net? Injured. Uh, again, he's gotten an epidural. Now, let me explain what that is for all of you who don't know, because um, it's an epidural I'm not injection. a doctor. Yeah, yeah. I, this has happened to me. Yeah, back injury. So let me explain how it works, okay? Mm-hmm. They take a needle full of numb stuff. Uh, they, they knock you out with propofol. They put this gigantic needle into your actual spine. So by the way, if somebody screws this up, you could be paralyzed. So they put the needle into your spine inject this uh, numbing thing that's supposed to numb the nerves of your back. So if he's getting epidural injections, that means he has nerve damage, possible stenosis. Mm -hmm. Um, And I only know this from my own personal experience. When you go for epidural shots, it's because you have nerve damage. And it's because the nerve damage is sending pain 
down your legs, possibly to your feet. That's how bad this uh, nerve damage and this nerve pain gets. Now imagine the beating a basketball player takes every single season, all right? Plus training, all of that. That has to accelerate an injury like that. So you're not seeing Ben Simmons this year. I'm sorry, everybody who thought they were going to. No. Well, injuries continue to plague this Brooklyn Nets basketball team. And you know what's really incredible about it? let's, let's Let's backtrack a little bit here. Let's go all the way back to about mm, December 27. Brooklyn Nets were 23 and 9. Just think about that for a minute. Brooklyn was 23 and 9. You know what their record has been since then? Let me see. They're 23 and 9, right? That's where they Uh, were. They have 24 losses in that time span. And I believe. How about 26? uh, How about 26? 26 losses and 13 wins, I want to say. Yeah. 14? That's about correct. 13, they had 15 wins, 26 losses. So for the second half of the year, the Nets have pretty much been the worst team in the NBA. Yeah. Look at what happened from January 23rd till February 12th. This is where the Nets slide really happened. When they were 29 and 17, the Nets went on to lose 10 in a row. Okay, so wait, now. In the month of January, right? They won. Uh, go go up. I want to see the whole month of January. Yeah. Okay. Starting right from New Year's. They lost to the Clippers. Lost. So there's one win in the fifth, one win in the ninth, one win on the twelfth, one win on the fifteenth, the nineteenth of the tw- and the twenty first. They won, and they didn't win another game in January. They start off. They end January with one, two, three, four losses in a row. Then you start off February with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven losses in a row. The last loss being a four-point embarrassment to the Miami Miami Heat, which they should have won that game. Yeah, they beat Sacramento. Then they beat the Knicks. Well, everybody could beat the Knicks. And then, and then they lose to the Wizards, who are one of the only two teams in the Eastern Conference worse than the Knicks. Yeah, just about. Basically, the Nets can't beat elite basketball teams. Yeah. They cannot beat elite teams. Well, they beat Utah and then lost to Memphis. <laughs> is Utah an elite team right now? I mean, Utah's right up there. Utah's, Utah's a playoff team as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, Memphis is. Hmm. Yeah, Memphis is right up there. They're, 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 comp- they're not gonna. They're not gonna overtake. Uh, they're not gonna overtake the Suns. That's already out of the question. Suns have locked up that West. Period. But this is where the Nets find themselves right now. Now, the one good thing the Nets have going for them, the mandates with the vaccines have been lifted in New York City for athletes. So that means Kyrie Irving can finally play at Barclays Center now. And exactly what is that going to do for them in well, particular? Let's look I mean, at the look, standings. Let's look at the standings I, for a brief I moment. understand they're three games below 500 at home. That's not what I'm thinking. Look how tight it is from the 7 to 10 spot. And by the way, 7 to 10 are the play-in games. If the Nets, the Nets could, and I'm not saying it's impossible, they could at least get themselves to at least the sixth seed. And avoid a play-in game. The five seat. The five seat is maybe possible. five. Maybe five. I don't know about five. If I were the Nets, I'd get to. I'd run to the five seat as fast as I can because uh, yeah. you want to make sure. You want to make sure that you're playing the Bucks in the second yeah. round. Now look at the you remaining. Don't want to deal with Miami until the conference championships. Now, now look at the remaining portion of the Nets' schedule to finish out March. 
and then for the rest of April. All right. Do you think the Nets can tackle this schedule and maybe get themselves to a to a six seed, maybe a five, perhaps with who they have um, left? There's, a, there's no reason not to. Miami, Look, you got to play Charlotte. You're Charlotte, play you should Milwaukee. be able to beat. You should be Atlanta's able to beat Detroit. Be you should gimme. be able to beat Milwaukee. You should Atlanta's be able to beat gimme. Atlanta. Atlanta's not a gimme. Atlanta's no gimme in my book. That's true. You should Young. be able to beat them. Okay. Cleveland is not a gimme. No. And that's a team but, you got to catch. That's a team you got to pass if you're Brooklyn. You got to win that game. Listen, if you're the Nets, you have to assume that you're better than every other team up into the fifth seed, right? So, yeah, Miami might be a game you consider a loss. Charlotte, you should be able to beat. Detroit, you should be able to beat. Milwaukee, you should be able to beat. In my opinion, you should be, you should be able to beat them. But um, Atlanta, we don't. Ah, uh, that's time. Yeah, we don't know. That's time. But do you know what I do know is this? We'll, we'll, we'll let this go for like a minute, and then we'll go. Yeah, okay. We'll go to break. Sure. This team, from day damn one, has been plagued by James Harden. That negativity is out of the locker room now. And yes. if you take a look at the month of March, uh, from the eighth on. They've been pretty much on fire. The Nets have played a better March. Yes. Yes. I'll give him that. And if uh, the Nets are going to move up. I think they had addition. I think there was a a little bit of a case of addition by subtraction. Yeah. If the Nets are going to get to that five, six seed, the Nets would virtually have to not, they can't afford to lose. Maybe they can only afford to maybe lose one game in the remaining nine games that they have left. At least. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. If they deal with the play, and that's not necessarily such a bad scenario, especially, especially if you get into that seven, eight spots, keep yourself there and win that game and end up becoming the seventh seed. Then you got a first round matchup that, honestly, if Kyrie's healthy and Durant's healthy, favors you. Well, let's take a look for a brief moment how the play-in is going to work this year. Now, we obviously, do, we won't. We'll do. Yeah, let's let, let's cut that off for a second. We'll sure. do that when we come back. Yeah, our and NBA top ten back, is next. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to explain the play-in tournament. We're going to do it once and once, once only. only, and then we're going to go into the NBA top ten, which I guarantee, or at least it shouldn't include any team from this city at all no back after this stay with us and we're back to downtown sports it's mouth it's beast we will explain all that uh you know housekeeping stuff that we usually do at the end of the show okay Mm -hmm. because first what we need to do we have only a couple of minutes to do this, okay? So let's get the clock we, back on. Yeah, let's let's get that clock up. 15 yep. minutes, start it. And let's get the facts about the play-in tournament. Yep. We're going to explain this to you once and once only. Mm-hmm. Because if we refer to it later on, we're not going to sit back and be like, oh, we mean this. Oh, we mean that. No, 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 no. We're not wasting our time. So, Beast... Let's yes. just explain exactly how it works. Once, once only, we're getting this from NBA.com. 
This is about as close to official as you can get. Mm -hmm. Beast, let's go. The NBA play-in tournament will include teams that finish 7 through 10 in winning percentage in each conference. And the play-in games will take place from April 12th to April 15th. The NBA playoffs officially will begin on April 16th. So, the number 9 and 10 teams will face off against one another. And the winner will move on to play the loser of the teams that are 7th and 8th. And then the winner of that little matchup will end up becoming the team that makes it in and will take on the number one seed being the eight seed, or if you're the seven seed, you play the number two seed. So basically, I'll, uh, let me run this back. You have seven versus eight. If seven beats eight, seven is in, or if eight beats seven, they're in as the seventh seed. The loser of seven versus eight takes on the winner of 9 versus 10, and that winner becomes the 8 seed. Mm. That's it. And that's it. That's it. No more explanation needed. Yeah. That's how it works. Yep. So when so, you're yeah. looking at this uh, stand at these standings, and you see your team either 7th or 8th, okay, you're not in a yeah. bad position. So the winner if they're of seven, in ninth or tenth, yeah, you're not making the postseason. No. So I'll explain it here: seven and eight, seven versus eight. Winner gets the number seven overall seed. Of the loser of nine versus ten is eliminated, and then the loser of seven eight versus the winner of nine and ten, the winner of that will get the number eight seed. Very, uh, it's like what they did a couple of years ago during the, the the bubble games, if you will. It's exactly what they did, and this is going to be the. Uh formula going forward from now on so we don't even have to explain this i think it's a fair i think it's a fair thing to have give those teams a chance okay you know what though let's get into the nba top 10 we need to see the teams that aren't in this uh play-in scenario Mm. let's check on the actual good teams yep we'll begin with the the team let's begin with the number 10 team it's the denver nuggets fifth in the western conference 43 and 31 denver will be in the playoffs for their fourth consecutive year. Nikola Jokic has been the key cog in this Nuggets offense. 26.2 points per game, 10th in the NBA, 13.5 rebounds per game, second in the NBA, just under eight assists per game, which is eighth in the league, and 57% from the field. Yeah, that's the thing. Nuggets have a very good, and they've had a history of going uh, of getting deep in the playoffs in the past. They've done it before. They can. I mean, I don't see any reason why they can't. Look, Denver is one of these teams. And I think a lot of these teams in the Western Conference at this point uh, place them anywhere one through six. It doesn't really matter as because the, this is the same cast of characters. They've all played each other. They all know each other at this point. So at this point, to me, where the Nuggets finish, where, the, where teams like the Nuggets, teams like the Jazz, where they finish, it doesn't necessarily matter because you know who they are, what they're about, what they're doing, and you know, you know the whole deal with them already. They're good. And then when it's postseason time, they get very good. Remember, if at full strength, this Nugget team could actually make it out of this conference. Yeah. Let's go to the team that drew number nine. It's the Utah Jazz, just above the Nuggets, for 45 and 28, fourth in the Western Conference. 
The Jazz lead the Northwest Division by two and a half games. Donovan Mitchell continuing his incredible scoring campaign like he's done every year. 26 points per game, about five assists per game. Rudy Gobert leading the league in rebounds. Utah is sixth in the league in points scored per game, and they're 10th in points allowed per game. But Um, this is the story we've had with the Utah Jazz every year. Except Gobert was hurt last year. Okay. He was hurt last year. But Utah gets here, right? They get to the playoffs every year. And what happens to them? Gobert was hurt last year. Gobert was hurt last year. Okay. Donovan Mitchell had to carry this team on his back. He can't do it by himself. No, he cannot. Now he has his number two. Yeah. Once again, the Jazz are a team. And I really don't care what they do in the regular year. I want to see what they do in the postseason. It's kind of how I feel about it. Number eight. Number eight. We got the Dallas Mavericks, 45 and 28. They're, again, right up there with the Nuggets. Pretty much tied, locked up for fifth with them in the Western Conference. Okay, I'll give Jason Kidd his due. He's actually done a very good job as head coach. Luka Doncic is really, I think, beginning to bring every part of his game together. And I think Jason Kidd played a very big role in Luka Doncic becoming a better all-around player, not just a scoring player. Luka Doncic could honestly be the MVP this year. He's averaging close to a triple-double. As is uh, Nikola Jokic. But But what Doncic is doing... Dallas is second in the league in points allowed per game. They're one of the top defensive teams in the league are the Mavericks. Yep. And it goes to show you if the Mavericks can get on a roll in the playoffs, I'm telling you teams are going to have a lot of problems dealing with this team. Here's another team. A lot of teams are going to have a problem dealing with and A lot of people are writing them off as if they really have no chance. The number seven team. Philadelphia 76ers. Third in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Surprised they are where they are at number seven. But, you know, Joel Embiid has carried this basketball team throughout the entire year. Second in the league in scoring with 29.8 points per game. 11 rebounds a game. And he's he's just been solid in every scope of the word. He had a couple of very incredible 50-point games that the Sixers really needed midway in the season. The Sixers, but we've we've talked about the Sixers for a number of years. We kept thinking, oh, this team's going to be a, a winning the NBA title. They're right there. They have all the pieces to do it. How many more years do they have left before that window shuts? Uh, I don't know, about as long as uh, James Harden's attention span is. Well, depends how long Harden wants to be on that team, that is. You know how Harden is. The minute things are not going the way he wants, the team is not going in the direction he wants, he'll want out of there. And he'll go somewhere else. He wanted an easy title and thought he was going to get one in Brooklyn. Forgot that. Yeah. Even though you we're playing with uh, two of the best in the league, you kind of still have to work. He couldn't even win with Durant back when they played in OKC. And you think that changed any bit with Durant as a Brooklyn net? You know what? James Harden had it all in front of him. If he would have just worked for it. Honestly, uh, the second it got hard, he wanted out. That's why people like Harden don't deserve an NBA title, as far as I'm concerned. Even if he wins one, I don't think people are going to respect him for winning the title if he does. I don't think so. I don't think so either. He's going to be hated it forever. 
even when he does win the title, he, you know, what does he he's have accepted, to He's accepted heel status ever since he uh, left much. Houston the way he did. And to think we're bringing a wrestling reference into James Harden being a, a face or a heel. Oh, please. You see him walking around with that ridiculous beard. I'm surprised dandruff doesn't fly out of it. Mm, I'm surprised he doesn't have people living in it. Who knows? Maybe let's he go does. To, let's go to the next team, number six. And this is a team, ladies and gentlemen, I've talked about that I think we need to steer clear of. The Boston Celtics are number six, fourth in the Eastern Conference, 46 and 28. Celtics are tied for first with the Sixers in the Atlantic Division. Celtics have won five straight games, and Ime Udoka has just been an incredible fit for this Celtics coaching this Celtics team. And I I talked about this a while back. Brad Stevens had carried this Celtics team as their coach for the past five, six, seven years. And you wondered, he took a higher position up in the Celtics office. Was Udoka going to pan out? Was he going to be able to carry on what Stevens did? Yes. And he has. Started off slowly for Boston. They were about a 500 team about halfway into the season. And look at the run they went on since. Um, I forget. Who was it that said that they couldn't uh, be involved with uh, a team that allowed somebody to step on their logo? Who was the, What was that? Danny Ainge or somebody? Hmm. Well, who was in charge of, of the Celtics uh, last year when they got eliminated from the playoffs? Oh, yeah, that was, uh, well, Danny Ainge is going to have a lot of things to, right now, Danny Ainge, by the way, took an executive role with Utah. That's where he is now. But, yeah, he played a major role in, in building the Celtics team that you see right before you right now to this and very isn't day. isn't it funny, Danny Ainge goes, Stevens gets promoted, and they're doing better. Maybe Danny Ainge was the problem. I think so. Could it be? Probably yes, probably no. I think Stevens has a much better handle on who should or shouldn't be on this roster. If you take a look, uh, Tatum and Smart, Tatum and Smart, Tatum and Smart. And we don't even mention Jalen Brown. Don't sleep on him either. Tatum is eighth in the league in scoring. And the Celtics are first in the league in defense in points allowed per game. And that. And that's where Coach Doka is making his biggest contributions. But let's keep going. Number yeah. five is Number the defending five. champs, the Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks, second in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Giannis, Giannis, still the say? best player in the game today. Third in the league in scoring, and Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, kind of picking right up from where they left off last year on the road to that NBA title. Bucks are fourth in the league in points scored per game with 115 a game. All Giannis has to do is stay healthy. All Middleton and Holiday have to do is stay healthy. And they're coming out of the Could East. Could the Bucks maybe repeat again? Yes. Do the Bucks have it all to repeat again? Yes, they do. Uh, Giannis is the best player in basketball right now. If uh, Giannis can actually play like playoff Giannis last year in the postseason this year, I really don't see any team that's so much better than them. Mm. Honestly, I really we'll don't. See. Uh, we'll once again, the Bucks are the defending champs, and at least in the Eastern Conference, it goes through them, unless well, you're talking about a, Miami. Well, there's another team. Uh, Miami could be somebody, and by the way, they're number four on the top ten of the Miami Heat, first in that's the Eastern sh- Conference. Yeah, that's kind of shocking that they're so low. Miami has played well, and I think they're a better team than people give them credit for. We've 
We have seen what Eric Spolstra has been able to do with, with when he puts a team together. We've seen it. And we put Spolstra on the level of Phil Jackson, on the level of uh, Pat Riley in terms of head coach. Larry Brown, yeah. are, we, are we talking that good? I think so. It's incredible how Spolstra was able to manage the super team that he had several years back. And now he's managing a team that basically was built through the draft. Look at a Literally guy like Tyler Hero. Look at Tyler a guy Hero. like Tyler Hero, okay? Tyler Hero was a guy that nobody really thought was going to do anything in the NBA. All you ever heard about was in when he was in college was, oh, he's going to be a nice college player, but he's never going to do anything in the NBA. He's never going to do anything in the NBA. Then Spolstra gets a hold of him and look, and look at what it becomes. Yeah, he played one year with Kentucky, which is what got him the recognition. And he, all right, he got taken in the, in the first round of the 13th pick of the first round of the 2019 draft. Okay. But yeah, was Hero going to be anything special? We really, we really weren't sure. We didn't know. But he's blossomed into a valuable six-man off their bench. When you have Jimmy Butler playing like he does, when you have Bam Adebayo being one of the best centers they've had, and the rest of this team just knows their role. Tyler okay. Hero. Tyler Hero is a great change of pace from Butler. And when Butler finally retires, Tyler Hero is going to be ready to step right into Butler's, well, Butler's position. I'm, I'm curious. Maybe Butler might be beginning his exit already. You remember the spat he got into a couple nights ago with Udonis Haslam led to a little altercation on the bench and people began to question, well, this is Jimmy Butler. This is what he always does. This is what gets him off the team and he goes to another team. This is what got him out of Chicago. Well, Jimmy, everybody knows Jimmy Butler. Everybody knows the look. That's just the way he is. Uh, You got to take it or leave it. But he but he shows leadership and he's very vocal as a leader. Number three. Golden State. Mm. Golden State dropped a little bit. And yeah, they're third yeah. in the they're third in the West. Uh, I'm very surprised that they have fallen actually a little bit. And I'm not. You figure I'm they not. got that Clay Thompson things were going to get better for them, but it hasn't. I mean the not age that it, is beginning to show. No, look, when you're forty eight and twenty-five, yeah. yeah, I don't know how much better you could be. I mean, look, like I said. Golden State is one of these teams in the Western Conference that it doesn't matter where they end up. Mm. And especially Golden State, if they start shooting well, they could beat anybody on any night. It doesn't matter. If Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are just on fire, pack up your stuff and go home. Well, they they are playing in a much, much tougher Western Conference over the past than, than it's been in the past few years. I heard, I this already, is the weakest Western Conference we've the seen Mavericks, in a long time. The Mavericks are playing extremely well. You have the Nuggets in there. You have the Jazz down there. And the Nuggets even... have lost steam. The Jazz have lost okay. steam. The Warriors okay. have lost steam. The Warriors look a little vulnerable in this year's playoff. I think they're a little vulnerable this year. Murray's a couple of years older. Clay Thompson's yeah. just getting yeah. healthy. Draymond Green yeah. isn't. A... And everybody keeps on forgetting that Draymond Green ain't that good. Well, he plays a very important role on defense out of this core. Understand yeah, if, that. If they could score, then then yes, he does play a very important shutdown role. But uh, if Golden State's behind, Draymond Green is only going to weigh you down. But still, I never question Steve Kerr and how he coaches a team like this and how he's able to 
I'm not questioning the bench anything. the way he does and how he's able Let's to keep this team winning. Let's get to the postseason, yeah, please. For sure. Number, Number two, two now this is a team where it matters. Where the they Memphis finish. Grizzlies. Yes. Memphis Grizzlies are number two. Honestly, I didn't think Memphis was going to climb the ranks as they have. John Morant has finally, I think, reached superstar status. Uh, he reached superstar status last year. Yeah. Last I still think he, RJ Barrett will be a bigger star than him. Last year, he right really, now. last year, he took that leap. Now he's taken that leap even higher. Yeah. For me. Now John Morant has taken that leap. And really showing the world, at least as of right now, and I know R.J. Barrett's going to get there, but right now, John Morant was the best of the three out of this draft at Correct. this current moment. And at this current Memphis moment is going to go to the yes. playoffs because of John Morant. They're going because John Morant got them there. They're also going because of Desmond Bain. Yes. And he really and he doubled his point total from last year. He's got yes, 18 he points per game. Most improved player award is where he's running at right now. And Taylor Jenkins. He's done an incredible job with this young Grizzlies team. And it wasn't long ago, Memphis almost got to the finals a few years back. Let's not forget when Zach Randolph and Mark Gasol were on this offense under mm-hmm. Lionel Hollins many years ago. Wasn't long ago at all, actually. Could Memphis go even deeper with John Morant and with Desmond Bain and this new young nucleus that they have assembled over the past couple of years? I think the Grizzlies could beat the Warriors. I think the Grizzlies can actually beat the Suns if, you know, all falls right. But here's the thing. Number one, and we know who they are. Oh, I, we, we definitely know. It's the Phoenix Suns. 60 There's, wins. Yeah. They have clinched the Western Conference with the number one seed. Nobody is going to catch them. It's incredible what Phoenix did this year. Honestly, did you think... After they went to the finals last year, did you think Phoenix was going to be anywhere close to what they were last year? Did you think it was just I a thought Phoenix flash would in the be pan? A seven, no, but I thought Phoenix was going to be a seven seed because, you know, I assume te- teams like the Lakers and the Clippers would have gotten their act together. Yeah. Well, it never happened that way. The Phoenix Suns not. kept this team together from last year, and they've only grown stronger. Being in the finals, yes, they didn't win it, but being in the finals and playing in it and getting the experience to playing in the finals, allowed this Suns team to really develop as a unit. And now here they are. Once again, they're second in the league in points per game. They're eighth in points allowed. Devin Booker is continuing his run that he's been on over the past couple of years. Oh, 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 and by the way. Yeah. And by the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know when Chris Paul's coming back. When? Thursday against the Nuggets. And the timing couldn't be better if you're the Phoenix Suns to get back Chris Paul. The timing couldn't be better. And now and now you got to see what it was like when Devin Booker played the point. So you now get to see what life after Chris Paul is like. And if you're Phoenix, you've got a long long window of years to get that NBA title. Yep. I'll tell you something. It's going to be Phoenix. It's going to be the Bucks. You think we're going to see a rematch of last year's final? Tell me, aside from the Chicago Bulls, who's really going to, who's really going to challenge Milwaukee in the East? 
I you don't think the, the the Sixers maybe can't can't put a little challenge in them? Maybe the Heat can't do it. Well, if the if the Heat are falling apart, this seems like the claim, and uh, maybe if uh, Brooklyn finds a way, if you know now Kyrie Irving and Durant are going to play together now on a regular basis, Durant always seems to raise his game in playoffs. Um, Ben Simmons needs to get back on that court. And no Ben Simmons, come no back. defense, no defense, no championship. And by the way, you're not as strong of a team with without James Harden. You're just not. Wow. I, I I don't see I don't see the next the Nets being the Bucks not this year. You know, sometimes the team that's at the bottom has more to play for. They they feel like they need to prove something. Maybe the Brooklyn Nets, if they somehow squeak in in a play-in game, and actually uh, like what all the lower teams should do, earn your spot in here instead of just relying on all-star talent. If the Nets can do that, maybe the Nets become the dark horse. Maybe. Well, um, if they do that and they happen to get the seventh seed, if they get, they get to, we get to find out. We get to find out who might actually go to the finals because if the Nets could put it together to beat the Bucks in round one, that means they've gelled. That means they've learned how to play together. And that means they're back to being the threat that they once were. Yeah. However, I don't see the Nets getting out of that play-in scenario. Um, they're going to get into that seventh seed. They're going to play Milwaukee, and they're going to be promptly bounced from the postseason. You think it's that's gonna just have what's going to happen. You think it's going to have that type of ending for Brooklyn? You're, you're already writing that chapter for the Brooklyn Nets already. It's going to be a... Yep. Well, so much for that whole... Uh, what was it Um, previous owner the Nets had, uh, Mr. Prokhorov? Well, what was it he said about Brooklyn that... Uh, we were going to win a title in what five, six years when he was owning that basketball team. I believe it was. Yeah, that's when he got Kevin Durant and uh, Paul Pierce, right? Remember the last time the yeah. Nets got a whole bunch of stars. How did that and work we- out? About well, the same as this. Well, how is it working out now? Uh, just same. about the same. Just about the same. And you know what? Next week, we're going to get a much better picture as to where these playoff scenarios are going to be where they're going to go because next week will be probably the last NBA top 10 of the regular season yeah each team is down to their final eight games of the year at this point right now so ladies and gentlemen we're in the home stretch of the NBA season And we're around the final turn of this episode of Downtown Sports. I want to thank our statistician, Krista Large. I want to thank our researcher, Tony Mainville. Our producer, Girl Friday, Beast. Where can they find this and all of our podcasts, our episodes, our interviews, our rants? Where can they find those? We're on 16 different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, and Stitcher. You can listen to us every week. We're downtown sports. We are where sports come home. And you know what? On April 10th, April 10th, Catalyst Wrestling. We're going to give you more information about this next week, but on April 10th, 
Catalyst Wrestling. April 10th, I believe, is the uh, birthday of downtown sports, is it not? Yeah, just about. We began this podcast right when COVID-19 began to take root in our country. And you know Scary what? to believe. It's been a couple. It's already been two. It's, it's been two years, right? Can you believe it? You know what? You know what? Hmm. On April 10th, we get to see the end of that five series of matches that we sponsored between Devontes and Matt Markowski for the Catalyst Freestyle Championship. And if you go to see that event in Brooklyn, you're going to see me. I will be making an appearance there. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing there, but uh, I'm going to meet our boys. I'm going to watch our match. And uh, hopefully you'll come and uh, cheer them on with me. I'll be, curious. More in- I'll be curious who needs that win. Who needs to Who needs to be the one that wins that final rubber match that rub that tiebreaker who is it going to be murkowski is it going is it going to be is it going to be devontas who will it be who will take it and we're going to find out on april 10th i'm going to get you all of the information next week so stay tuned for that you can meet me possibly meet beast i know i'm going to be there beast is trying his best to get there but until then and until next week it's the mouth of the south john Shivoni for the beast of the east john periente saying we're out thanks for listening goodbye